Well, I invite you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, and we're going to start a new series today. And I have some gentlemen who are going to help me uh, with an invitation uh, that they're going to put in your hands. So guys, if you want to go ahead and just uh, hand those out, you're each uh, going to get an invitation in your hands. That's what I want us to uh, look at today is this invitation that we've been given from God. Um, I really believe that the Lord has set up this entire summer, and as we're, we're uh, jumping into this fall season, this fall um, sermon series, this is going to lead into our next sermon series called Love Where You Live. And I've, I've believed right from the get-go, this was something as I went on my, uh, my study break over the summer, this was uh, the verse uh, the Lord gave me for this next season of ministry here at Crossroads. And Psalm 34, verse 5 says this, those who look to the Lord, those who, uh, one version says, seek Him, uh, they are radiant. Their faces are never covered in shame. And I really felt that that's what the Lord is, is, is inviting us to do as a church, to look to Him, to seek Him, because He wants to do something in us and through us that is incredibly profound. And there is a, a corresponding result. There's, a, there's an effect that, that takes place in our lives when we seek the Lord, when we look to Him. There's a change and a transformation that takes place. A few verses past that, in, in verse 10, it says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who seek Him, those who, who run after Him, those who pursue Him, they don't lack anything. This is where I want us to land today, is this invitation that the Lord has for each and every one of us to enter into this relationship, this deeper relationship with Him. I mentioned over this past, uh, this past series in the, in the book of uh, Colossians over the summer as we were looking that that. Uh, scripture paints this picture of, of, of what uh, our situation looks like without Christ. And it's, it's us moving in this tangent, in this direction, away from God. Uh, right from the very beginning of, of Scripture in Genesis 3, there's this picture of, of God's creation, of His people migrating away from Him. This movement away from the place that God has intended us to be. You get this picture in your mind is uh, you know back in the 60s and 70s, NASA sent these space probes out into uh, it wasn't orbit; it was just out into the solar system. Now they were going to uh, send information back and pictures and data back to Earth, and, uh, but the trajectory of those space probes was away from Earth and out of our solar system and out into nothingness. And every single, you can look up, you just uh, Google space probes, and there's actually a ticker, I think it was Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 that were sent off it, there's a ticker of how fast they're going and the distance from the earth in real time. And it's just ticking. And it's getting further and further and further, these two space probes in particular, they're getting further and further and further away from earth, and eventually they will lose communication with 
home base and they'll just continue off for eternity. Well, that's the trajectory that that people are on because of sin. Moving further and further away from God, ultimately to a place that, that there's no connection, no communication with home base, no connection with God anymore. Genesis 6 verse 5 gives a picture of what this predicament looks like, what this setting looks like. It says, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on earth and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. This is a trajectory that we're on without God. Sin entered the world, sin corrupted creation, yet in the middle of that picture, God intervenes. Mentioned last week and the week before, we're on this trajectory away from God, and all of a sudden, we get this tap on the shoulder. All of a sudden, God reveals Himself and He says, wait a second. If it were possible, it would be like the space probe jetting out of the solar system and all of a sudden the spaceship comes up and grabs and says, hold on a second, not so fast. I want, I want to maintain this relationship. This isn't where you belong. You belong back here on earth. And God taps us on the shoulder and there's this encounter. And you see this happens over and over and over through Scripture. You get to Genesis 12 and here's this guy named Abram. And Abram's kind of minding his own business, doing his own thing. God taps him on the shoulder and says, you know what, I want you to leave your people. I want you to leave this place, this location that is distant from me. And I want to move you back to a location and a position that is close to me. Back in proximity, back in relationship, back in covenant. And, and he says, as you do this, there's going to be blessings attached to it. And he lists those blessings and, and he goes on to say, I will, I will, I will, I will. Go ahead and read it. Genesis 12. God's promises to Abram. You see, I don't want you distant anymore. I want you close. I want this relationship to be renewed and restored. And there's this invitation that I'm giving you. It'd be great. It would be an awesome story to say that from that moment on, God's people stayed there, but that's not the case. And the theme throughout the Old Testament is time and time and time again, seven times in the book of Judges alone, God's people get back on that trajectory away from Him, and every single time, God taps them on the shoulder and gives them that invitation, hands it to them and says, come on back, come on back, come on back. Throughout Scripture, over and over and over again, Ever thought of it? Left to our own devices, we'll end up relying on our own devices. Left on our own devices, we will rely on our own devices. And so what do God's people do? Okay, well, no, God's not good enough. We've got to kind of manufacture, conjure things up ourselves. So what do they do? We want a king, just like all the other nations. So they put a king in place, and once again, the the cycle starts where they're on a trajectory away from God. They get to a point where enough is enough. And we read in Scripture where the invading army comes in and takes them into captivity for 70 years. Distant from God in a distant land, and yet God doesn't leave them there. 
He begins to stir in the hearts of people. Take a look. Over in uh, 2 Kings chapter 23. Uh, sorry, let's, let's jump past that. Not 2 Kings. 2 Kings talks about the extent and when the, the invading army comes in. 70 years, but over in Ezra chapter 1. Sorry about that. Ezra chapter 1. It says, Then God stirred in the hearts of the priests and Levites and the leaders of the tribe of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Here are God's people, 70 years in captivity, and, and what does God do? He sends the invitation, and He starts to stir in the hearts of people to return to Him. Once again, that invitation, once again, the trajectory that's interrupted and God's people pulled back. Once again, it would be nice to say that, that God's people learned their lesson, that God's people stayed there, they hunkered down, and, and home was home. That wasn't the case, and once again they turned away, and this time there was 400 years of silence and exile. The gap that we have between our two testaments, between the Old Testament and the New, is 400 years where not even the prophets of God heard God anymore. Like that space probe out of reach, communication with home base. There was nothing that was heard, no communication between God and His people but God. Almost like a magnet with iron filings, this attraction is there between God and His people. God again sends the invitation. Take a look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1, God's people heading in a trajectory away from Him, and God taps His people on the shoulder, and it says there in verse 6, God sent a man. You see that? God initiated the relationship after 400 years of silence, and God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. He was the invitation to come back into relationship. That God had sent the invitation. And you see, these aren't just stories. These aren't just, just illustrations. These aren't just someone else's lives. This is our life. These are our lives as we constantly and repetitively make decisions to trust our own devices and land on our own trajectory away from God. You know, you might say, well, Darren, I, I, you know, I, I seem to be doing all right. You know, I've given my life to Christ and I'm, I'm doing all right. And, you know, I think sometimes we, we gauge our, our level of proximity to God with, uh, with how well we're doing. And there are some settings in some cases where that is the case. But I think for some of us, uh, we're absent from God and yet we're high functioning in our absence from God. And just because our life isn't a mess, and just because our, our life isn't on the rocks and, and falling to pieces, so we, we don't feel like there's any need necessity to turn back and respond to God's invitation. It's 
It's almost like an alcoholic who, who is sitting there and, and has a problem, and yet because they, they can maintain and keep their job and maintain relationships and, and their life isn't falling to pieces, there's really no need to change. I think in some ways, many of us, even though we're Christians, we're high-functioning levaholics walking away from God. God's tapping us on the shoulder. But because our lives are relatively manageable, we don't feel like there's any need to change. Well, let me tell you that no matter where you are on that scale of coping or managing or that, God is still tapping us and tapping you on the shoulder, inviting you back into that relationship with Him. And that's what the invitation is about today. That right on the get-go, right at the very beginning of this fall season, I believe the Lord is calling and stirring and speaking and saying, you know what? Come back. Renew this relationship. Renew the priority that you have. Quit walking in this direction and start coming back. This is where I have all the blessings of heaven accessible to you. Will you respond? Will you make a decision? Will you follow me? You might be here this morning and you've never made that decision to follow Christ and surrender your life to Him. You can do that here today. He's calling you. He desires that relationship with you. It's a matter of saying, you know what, God, I, I don't want to walk this way anymore and I'm sorry for the things I've done and I thank You so much for sending Your Son to die on a cross for me and making it possible for me to enter that relationship with You again. You can do that right now. You might be here this morning. You've made that decision for Christ, but your migration is still further and further away. High functioning or not. You might be here today and your life is, is, is a symbol of making that decision and you're reaping some pretty severe consequences of those actions. Well, let me tell you that no one's too far gone and God's still top, tapping you on the shoulder saying, would you come back? If God's people can, can be out of communication with Him for 400 years, you can make your way back to God today. Will you respond? Let me share my testimony. It's a, a two-part testimony. And then I want to challenge you to respond to that invitation that's in your hands. You see, I grew up in a Christian home and would have never thought that I was on a trajectory away from God. Still attending church, still a part of it. You know, in, in relative comparison to anyone else, I was a good kid. And yet I was on a trajectory away from God. And it was in my sophomore year of high school that the Lord tapped me on the shoulder in the form of a letter from my brother. Now, you know God is really doing some crazy things when He speaks to you through your brother, an older brother, who knows it all. And No, no I'm joking, but 
Like you talk about a miracle. You talk about God showing up in unexpected places and tapping you on the shoulder with unexpected things. It's, it was in a form of a letter from my brother that tapped me on the shoulder and it was God saying, you know what? I have so much more for you if you'd only respond to this invitation. If you'd only respond to what I have for your life. That was part one of my testimony. I'd love to say once again that my life from that point on didn't have the, the, the tangents and didn't have my, my own devices and my own endeavors and my own, no. Because once again in my college years, it was my first year, end of my first year of college, where God tapped me on the shoulder again. And God said, I have so much more for you than where you're at right now. And what your plans are for your life, I have plans for your life that far exceed what you could ever dream. Part one and part two of those, of that testimony have led me to where I am today as a minister, as a pastor. Surrendering my life to God and allowing Him to work in me and through me. Responding to the invitation. So my question for you today is, will you respond to God's call, to His invitation on your life? Knowing that the propensity and the tendency of our lives are to walk away from God. Manage to whatever degree we can. But hear me, God wants so much more for your life. God has so much more for your life. Todd and Susan... 18 years ago, could have said, you know what, God? Yes, I understand you're tapping, but you know, we're, we're busy. We've got other irons in the fire. We've got young kids. Instead, they said yes. Will you say yes to what God has for your life today? I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes right now with that invitation in your hand. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you calling me to? For some of you, it might be this. It might be, Darren, it's been a long time since you cracked open your Bible and spent some time just reading and filling your heart and mind with truth, with my words. I'm inviting you to spend some time with me daily learning more about me, learning more about my love for you. For some of you, it's an invitation to have a more in-depth conversation with God daily. Invitation might sound like this, Darren. It seems like the last time we talked was a cry of desperation. And the time before that too, and the time before that, it was you asking me to hear you and Reach out in mercy and grace toward you. And, but what I want is I, I'd like a dialogue. I'd like a conversation. I'd like a relationship with you. And will you spend some more time in prayer? Not so much talking. Maybe just a little more listening. Maybe your invitation sounds like that today. Maybe the invitation is to jump into a study group or a men's ministry or women's ministry, a life group, a discipleship group, somewhere where you can really 
grow in your faith and have some other people around you to encourage you. I want you to listen to the Lord. What does His invitation to you sound like? 